Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Uh, hello, podcast world. It's me, Andy Richter, and I am back with another episode of The Three Questions. And I am happy uh, to have on today a very, very funny, talented guy that I've known for a long time. We have some shared history, a little bit, geographically at least. Uh, it's Richard Kind, star of stage, screen, and I don't know, anything else? With TV. I've done an opera. Oh, and uh, yeah, and, and I and the opera world, <laughs> and the opera world. And the Wait, opera. did you have? Did you sing? I mean, I know you were in a, some Sondheim stuff. Are you a good singer? Uh, am I a good singer? I'm loud. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can I I could sing. I can sing and enough to be at an opera at Lincoln Center at City Opera. I did wow. indeed, and, and there are high G's that you have to hit. I think there's even an A that I may have hit back when I was younger, <laughs> and my voice was was decent. Did you study yeah. uh, singing? I can't say studied. Of course, I've taken lessons uh, yeah. years and years ago. I, I am a character singer. I see. And I can sing fairly, fairly well. I'm okay. At what point, because this is always fascinating to me because, you know, I came up just kind of through improv and then started to get work and when and no one really realized how untrained I truly was. Uh, you know, I'd just been, you know, in the basements of Italian restaurants in Chicago, making things up. So uh, I didn't really have, <laughs> you know, concrete skills, but I always wondered, like, at what point do you start? St- did you, was this in, 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 in college? In high school, did I did studying? all the musicals in college. Okay. I did them and I, I can't look, I, 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 false modesty. I can sing. I can really project. I cannot harmonize, but mm-hmm. I can stay on tune. Oh, that's great. And the more I rehearse, the better I get. And I was in an original Sondheim musical. Now, it was my dream. My dream. You must understand. People have bucket lists. This was my dream to be in an original Sondheim musical directed by Hal Prince. Yeah. They stopped working together in 1982. So what are the chances? It's enough I can't sing well. They're not doing anything. Years later, they got together and they did get back together because Sondheim tried with a couple of different directors, a musical called Bounce. It was originally called Wise Guys, then Bounce, then went on to be a, a, a called Roadshow. But I did the large version of this original musical and I got hired. 
and I'm not that great a singer. So it's really astounding that it happened. And one time I would happen to be in the men's room with Stephen Sondheim and I said, you know, I'm just so, this is fantastic. And we got along very well. And I said, the one thing is, I'm so grateful to you that I don't have to harmonize during the show until the last note, the very last note of the show, we harmonize. And for some reason, I got it like that. And I said, because I'm so bad at harmony, he goes, I can't harmonize at all. And I look at him, I go, oh my God, he he can't harmonize. He can sing, but he can't harmonize either. So, you know, can I sing? I can sing. Yeah. And and I'm a decent singer. Look, I did the producers on Broadway. Right. I did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the musical. I've done... I, I hell yeah, I've done a lot of musicals. So yeah, yes, yeah. I can sing, but I'm not a great singer. See, I, don't, I my my theater knowledge is very very shallow. I don't know a lot about. And yet, the first time theater. I saw you was Brady Bunch. Yes, that's true. That doesn't count as theater, though. That oh, <laughs> you know? night after night, and it was scripted, wasn't it? That's true. I guess that is true. Yeah, it's theater. But, yeah, I, I, it was theater. Was Jane yeah. Lynch in that, or was it Harriet Mantel? No, it was Jane Lynch. She was she was my TV wife for a, years. Okay, you want to hear something? Sure. Now, we're recording this. Yes, we are. Not 25 minutes ago, I was talking to your TV wife. Oh, really? In person. Wow. She was filming Mrs. Maisel across the street from where I live, and I said hello to her. Did you just happen to see them out in the street or? Well, they, they film at this particular restaurant. It's the diner that they go, the, the Jewish deli that they always film at. Okay. And uh, and actually a director who I've worked for twice in two musicals, most recently Kiss Me Kate, was directing the episode too, Scott Ellis. So I said hello to him too. Oh, that's great. That's a lot of fun. How uh, How is the uh, COVID restrictions on shooting there? Is it, uh, you know, is everybody masked up and- uh, you know, I've shot here, I, I've shot here and I've shot in L.A. I've shot in New Mexico and I've shot in uh, somewhere else. Oh, yeah. And in, in Virginia or West Virginia. I can't remember. I think it's I think it was West Virginia. Uh, they are all the they are the same and they're getting they are continuing to be strict. I feel safest on a set. Yeah. Than I do anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Even sitting alone in my apartment. Yeah. I feel safer on a set. Everybody is just masked and there's people annoying you. Put on your mask, Mr. Kind. And I go, shut up. You're right. I apologize. (laughs) Okay. You know, and I say, I don't have my mask. Oh, here's another one. And, you know, I go through 30 days. You know, I was, it's very interesting. I come out of my apartment in New York maskless. And the minute I pass somebody, I go, ooh, and I put on my mask. I have six in each pocket. Yep, I do the same thing, but it's getting out of my car. I just did it this morning. I got out of yeah. my car to get a cup of coffee, and I walk and walk straight into somebody wearing a mask, and I go, "Oh shit!" Oh, of course, yeah. But I literally, go, you know. it's literally, it's a oh, of course, and I put it on. Right, right. The thing is that you and I are a public face, yeah. and if anybody were to take a picture, they would go. Look who's not wearing a mask. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Liberal, Mr. Uh, oh, we got to we got to be safe. <laughs> so so I'm I'm I, I believe in it and much less that. But it is not something that is uh, automatic. Like no. it's automatic. I put on clothes before I go outside. Yeah, I do not put a mask on you. And I, I'm amazed at myself that it's that after a year of it, That's I still what I'm saying. can a get year. out of the car and go do 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 into the post office. Right. Oh, shit. 
Oh shit, you don't want to go, go back. And you got to yeah. go back to the car to get your mask because that's the right thing. I go into my pocket. I don't know what I'm going to do when it's summertime and I'm not wearing a coat because I yeah, keep yeah. literally three three pockets, side, side, and then in the breast. I keep uh, one there. Doing the Conan show is like such a, now we're at uh, Largo at the Coronet. Do you know that little thing? Are you at Largo? Yeah, yeah. That's that must where bring been, back memories for you. It's Oh, it when they, when they started doing that, I was, it was funny because Conan kind of just recently, like in the last couple of years, started doing stuff at Largo. And I was kind of like, do you know this place, Largo? It's amazing. And I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yes. like, yeah, I, 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 I knew 25 it years. I, yeah, yeah, I knew it when there was no craft service. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, and, that, uh, yes. But so we've been just, you know, he just wanted to get out of the house and we've been doing it from there. And there's only about But who's nine, in the audience? Just uh, me, <laughs> pretty much me. We had, he started doing it to an empty theater just to do it in a right. theater. And then uh, it evolved over time where we put cardboard cutouts that we had in props, like just funny, like James funny. Comey and, and some <laughs> Kevin, we had for some reason, four Kevin hearts. Uh, and that's great. That's, and then we, they put out, they said, if any fans want to, to send in a picture, we'll make cardboard cutouts. Of it. So <gasps> oh. now the whole room is full of, two-dimensional fans uh, That's in funny. seats. And then me, because when I came back, <laughs> we were still do. it was still very focused on, oh, on, on distancing. On so I sit uh-huh. in the audience now, uh, which we just kind of, I mean, I probably don't have to at this point. And I, you know, I've, I just got my second dose on Monday. So we're kind of uh-huh, uh-huh. ready to go, but uh, we're careful, but there's only about nine of us. It feels like such a mom and pop organization at this point. The the intimacy of of, le- of let's put on a show yes. really is, you know, yes. I've got the barn, let's go do it. And there's yes. no audience yet. It's three camera guys, a sound guy, a prompter guy, uh, Conan's assistant, Flanagan that owns the theater. Uh, oh, yes, Flanagan. Yeah, know Flanagan uh-huh. and, and our executive producer, our head writer, and that's it, and me. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's yeah. very small, but I've done some outside gigs uh, that are, you know, bigger productions. And those are the ones where I have, you know, like I was working on something that with a director who actually directed one of my shows that I, that I was uh, the star of. And um, I was talking to him at the, at the video monitors and somebody came up. I didn't, I had never seen the guy tap me behind. He said, hey, you can't talk to them. Like you get, like you had, like, because I was in the wrong zone because, you know, there's oh, zones. Oh, oh, you were in zone, you were, you were I zone was in a, the wrong in zone, zone. In yeah, zone yeah. B. I've urinated in, in zone B. <laughs> so, so I, I know, I know from whence you speak. <laughs> and they treat it. It's funny because whenever anybody comes to like the, the whenever the actors are walking onto the set, there's. It, it, they treat it like there's a tiger. There's like somebody that actors are walking, mask up. You know, <laughs> like we're, you know we're oh, a oh, national yeah. treasure that needs protecting. Here, here's the funniest thing. The first thing I did coming back was one of those guy writes a pilot. You know that it's not going to get picked up by a network. Mm-hmm. You'll be lucky if somebody sees it at Netflix, which actually would be great, or at Amazon, which I think, but it's very good. Uh, when I say a skeleton crew... We had a DP and the writer, producer, director. Wow. And the writer, producer, director had to be the focus puller. But he was also directing. So the cameraman and the director were, they were responsible. And they said, we like your movie. 
could you move slower because we can't get this, we can't get you in focus. You're walking too fast. Yeah. So I like where you're going. Just do it slow so that we because he wasn't very good at fully. You know at at focus. Right. So right. You're, to your audience, whenever you walk, the the lens is going to have to follow you. Yeah. And must change. So that's what it was. Uh, and it was it was. Pretty cute. And of course, there was one person who was props and costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, somebody who, you know, craft service were, they made up packets of grapes and raisins <laughs> and, and a candy bar. And, wow. You know, and a mask and, and thing were all came in a plastic bag and you got that every day. Also, we were tested for the first time. Yeah. Because of that. So we had yeah. to get tested according to SAG rules. Uh we had we went to a place. It was being shot in, in New York, but the quickest we could get tested at this time in July was someplace out in Jersey. We're out at Jersey, and uh, we're sitting in the waiting room, and of course we're distant from everybody. And I saw a guy. She goes, uh, Bob, Bob uh, Smith, could you come? Um, Bob Smith, and they and nobody, and they, somebody said, I think he's outside. And she goes outside and says, Bob, come in, and. Uh, she goes, here are your results. You tested positive. And we're all in the waiting room going, he tested positive. He, <laughs> he's got COVID. And he goes, he just took it. And she goes, bye-bye. And he walked, no, this is what you should do. Right, These right. are the precautions. This is what, it was just, um, you hear your test. Uh, you came back positive. You have COVID. And we're all like, oh, <laughs> God. Oh, my God. That was a freaky uh, episode in my yeah, life. Yeah, it was like, yeah. And at that time, COVID meant death. Yes. Right? Okay. Right. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it was. Now, he was a young kid. And I'm sure he was sick for a week and a half. And God willing, he's fine for the rest of his life. But it was announced in front of everybody, sir, you have COVID. Right. And that was as scary uh, a thing as as I can remember. Was he masked? No, as I remember. He was a kid. Yeah, he was this yeah. tall, lanky, 18-year-old kid. Jesus. And do I, is he was a mask? I don't remember. He must have been. I'm sure yeah, yeah. masks at the time. So right, I, I right. can't say that. Of of course, but nonetheless, we're all in the room, and here are your papers. You know, yeah. it's the Gestapo saying, uh, "Here you go, sir. May I see your papers?" Yeah, you know, get out. It was just, it was a scary moment. That yeah. was something that I'll always remember. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's uh, now it now it just when like when you say back in July, that feels like you're talking about 1984 or something. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, you know, it just seems like that was a million years ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know. I, I in in February, I was working in the Philippines in February. Oh my! God. And I'm at a resort. We were 300 miles as the crow flies from Wuhan. Wow. 300 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But COVID wasn't COVID. Yeah. You know, it didn't have that specter yet. Yeah. Yeah. But we heard about it, and the population of this resort hotel. You could, I was there for maybe two, three weeks. You could see it dwindle every day so far that this is how I put it. They had the best buffet in the world for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden at the end, they go, we got a little shelf filled with food because there was nobody there to feed. Yeah, yeah. That's how I remember it. Isn't that weird? I know. Wow, that is weird. These are the things that, that I remember, you know, saying, oh, the population went down, but- 
you go from this enormous room of food yeah, and yeah. different fish and soups and a, right. a big suckling pig <laughs> was was out there. They had a fish that they would carve in front of you and you'd serve yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Down to uh, uh, here, we have a tin of sardines. Here, here. <laughs> what? When did you so, come home from that? I mean, were you home before you know that yes, middle of I, March I, when it all shut down? Yes and no. I was in the Philippines. Came home from there, went to L.A. I was doing the Goldbergs. I filmed. My last day was a Thursday. I wanted to stay Friday and play golf Mm -hmm. and then come home on Saturday night so I could play golf two days in a row. Thursday, I was through at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was one of those things that you say, you know what? They may close everything down. I don't know what's going to happen. This was on the 12th. It was Wednesday, the Thursday, the 12th. Mm-hmm. I took the red eye and for me to spend extra yeah. to take the red eye, you know, to, 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 to buy a ticket last minute. Right. I had a ticket for Saturday or Sunday or whenever it was. I said, I want to go tonight. I had to pay extra money. Yeah. Very not like me, but I was really <laughs> worried. And I... Took the red eye home that Thursday night, arrived Friday the 13th, got on, and I said, if anybody has COVID, it's me. Mm-hmm. I've been on a set. I was on two sets. I was on two airplanes. Yeah. L.A., golf course, set. I've got COVID. Yeah. Here's the car. Get out of here. We have we have a, a house by the Jersey Shore. And uh, I sent the, my kids and my wife, boom over to uh, out to Jersey and I was alone in my apartment from the 12th until May 17th alone. Wow. Listen, Andy, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many, so many friends and they're almost all males that say that secretly would go, it's been great. It was yeah. so much. I read, I caught, I watched shows. Yeah. I worked out. I worked out. The apartment was mine. I cleaned the apartment. Wow. I, would t- I would show them pictures. Yeah, you had to occupy yourself with things. I didn't go out. You know, did, I went to the grocery store back in the day when we were spraying our bananas and, and yeah, the meats yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And uh, and I would go out. That's March to April, April to May. I, it was it was about eight to nine weeks. Wow. Hello. Wow. And and on, and we used to have a a, a a FaceTime conversation with me every night, five minutes to seven. Yeah, uh, and I used to say so that I could watch Jeopardy after. Yeah, but, it would, but kids, it would you get five longer. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so you get five minutes, kids. But we would be on the phone for thirty-five minutes, and they were living with each other, and we yeah, would yeah. be on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. Wow. Well, that's nice. You hear those stories, and it's kind of like, well, that's you know, I guess that's sort of. Well, I don't know if it's the bright spot of it, but it's just like the one that's like, okay, that was the safe part of it that's not so awful. Yeah. It's not, not I used to say it's a, a making a, taking a pimple and making it a beauty mark. Right, right. So uh, I, I, I will say this. I used to joke to myself and not out loud, but you say, I, I want to get in a car accident that's not life-threatening, that hurts me so that I'm laid up in bed for a month or two Mm-hmm. So I can watch The Crown and I can finish Peaky Blinders <laughs> and I can read, I can finally read Anna Karenina. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do whatever I want to do. Well, it came. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't get nearly as much done as I thought I would. But right. it, but that car accident came and I was fine. I was supposed to like learn how to play an instrument or, you know, learn a language or something. No, I haven't done no. a goddamn thing. Right. Not I a mean, thing, but I, but I, I I'm a, I've become a, I mean, I've always liked to cook, but like now I, I could start a fucking restaurant just because, <laughs> you know, I mean, just like, like I really now, like my main fun hobby is what do I have in the fridge and oh. what can I make out of it? You know, like okay. that sort of thing. Well, you do that. I now, when I was a, uh, very young, very, very young, I was on tour with a, a kid's show. We traveled 36 states in five and a half months. A show called Daniel Boone, a musical. Uh-huh. Yeah. I played Blackfish the Indian. Okay. Okay. Our Daniel Boone was 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Handsome, big, strapping guy. And here's a you know, blah, 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 blah. And I had yeah. the, the makeup and the, and the ponytail and everything. And here's this guy... And we would be traveling in a van and he would be reading a cookbook as entertainment where some people read a novel. He would be flipping through cookbook. Wow. Now I flip through the internet looking for a good meal. I'm like you, but I don't go looking in the refrigerator. I say, I'm going to go to the grocery store. What do I need to buy for a butter chicken? Yes. What do I need to, to, I'm making Mongolian beef tonight. What do I need? Yeah. And now, and now I do that. Now I'm going to say something that I, now that I'm talking to you, there are two people in this world who work. Most people get 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You and Patton Oswald get 25. I don't know how you do it. I see you on Twitter. You have you have a TV show. Yes. You have another TV show. Yes. A guest spot. You've got a podcast. You are proactive with your life. Oh, thank you. You have. It doesn't always feel like that, but I appreciate it. Thank I you. understand. Yeah. I believe Patton Oswald is the same way. Yes. He'll, he'll host an event. He's always on Twitter. He, he writes books. I don't know whether you've written a book. Have you written a book? I haven't. I, that's, well, damn it, Andy. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. I, I have. Uh, I do have uh, attention issues. Like I do have focus issues uh, that I can't, like it's, it is, it's hard for me to read a book that doesn't grab me. You know what I mean? Me like too. It's, I don't think you're alone, but okay. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, it's really hard for me. Like I, like a book that isn't really, that can even be about a topic that I kind of enjoy, but after 10 minutes, I find myself falling asleep, you know? Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a very good solution for you. It will help save your life. Okay. Get an iPad. Uh-huh. Make the print this big. Yeah. Get a book that He's, you like. It, 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 Richard is, uh, you're making yeah. it about, the print about, is about, about three quarters of an inch. Three quarters of an inch high. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there are about four sentences, maybe three sentences on each page of an iPad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go to a treadmill and yeah. read for half an hour. That's you won't get idea. dizzy because the print is so big. Yeah. And you just flip and you flip, you get exercise, you read a book. Yeah. And you do something. You really get exercise in your flipping finger for sure. Yeah, it's correct. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most like, people really? pull the levers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You, you just flip, go, flip, yep, flip, yep. Yep. as if you're reading Hebrew. <laughs> you just go right to left, right to left. Exactly. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't you tell my loves are growing? The point of this uh, podcast is, you know, sort of its origin story, as some have put it. So, and you are originally from the New York area. You're from New Jersey, right? I don't know whether you would say that. Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't say that at all. Oh. I was, bo- I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. My dad's store was in Princeton, New Jersey, which by yeah. train is about an hour and five minutes. Okay. Okay, so people would go to Wall Street from Princeton. I see. Uh, Maybe even from Yardley, but I was raised in Pennsylvania. Oh, I see. Now, where I was raised is in a point that when the Rolling Stones were playing in concert, they played Madison Square Garden in New York, or they played the Spectrum in Philadelphia. In Philly, yeah. Many, many of my friends went to Philly. Yeah. Because I was used to going to New York to go see Broadway shows, which I saw all the time. I would go see the Stones at Madison Square Garden. So was I from New York? Yes. But if you wanted to say I was really from Philadelphia, but I didn't go there. I don't know Philly well at all. But right. that's where my where my mom did live. My sister lives near Philly now. I still don't know Philly. I was a New Yorker. So that's why you would think. And the way that I talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, because I I always had thought of you when I first got to know you as uh, a Chicago guy, because we knew so right. many people in common. That's because right. you'd done Second City, you know. And yes. I think I may have even met you at some point in Chicago. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember, like through maybe Amy Sedaris or somebody like that. Oh, Did you yeah, do? yeah, 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 yeah. I, I never worked with her until she was way out of Second City. Yeah. Look, I, I used to go backstage at Second City, and it was a company made up of Carell, Stephen Colbert, uh, Paul Danello, Amy. Yeah. Uh, these phenomenal, I, I think uh, Keegan-Michael Key might have been there. Oh, wow. And I, would, and I would always come backstage and I would go, oh, you're so wonderful. Just enjoy it now because when you get out to L.A., you'll, it's just tough. You'll never work. I didn't know where any of them would fit in. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think there was a spot. And I, was, and I look back at it and I, I wish I could tell you that I am proud of the way that I felt because I was so benevolent to these tremendously talented people that I was afraid they would never work again. <laughs> and I was working. I was a really working actor and I had yeah, TV yeah, shows yeah. and everything. And I'm going, I, I just pray for you all. Yeah. Well, needless to say, I didn't need right. to. What a um, waste of pity. <laughs> <laughs> there there are so many people that I could have felt sorry for. Yeah. And, and no, they didn't I, need it, I know. When I look, it's, it is one of the kind of like really, 
And you probably have the same thing. And one of those wonderful things when you think about the people that were just like when you were saying, I want to do this long shot thing for a living. Like I want to oh. enter into this minefield of rejection right. that from where I come from is just absurdly self-indulgent to think oh, that yeah. I'll be able to do oh. this. I want to do this. And and the people that were your peers when you were young and trying this silly, you know, like Don Quixote kind of uh, impossible task, so many of them are are household names now. I know so many people oh, that yes. really made a living doing this tough thing. And it's kind oh, yeah. of well, well, exciting it's, in retrospect and even now today, you know? Well, all those people that we just mentioned are truly household names. Yeah. It, what you should go for, what you aspire to. Yeah. Is work. Yeah. And if you ever go after this thing for fame. Oh, yeah. Or for money. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're just yeah, an yeah. idiot. And if you succeed with the fame, you're really an idiot because you never realized what a mistake fame is. Yeah. Money's good. I'll, yeah. I, I like money. Money's fame, great. Fame gets you, uh, I always say, whenever I go into a bank and, uh, and they go, oh, Mr. Kind, Mr. Kind, yeah, oh, yeah. I love you. I love you so much. And, and I say, really? And they go, Yes. I, really, you know, you have a bank, a, a vault back there. Can I have some of that? And they go, <laughs> and they, they don't. They go, no, no, we love you so much. Here's a pen. Fame gets you a pen. All yeah, they don't even stuff. give out toaster ovens anymore. Right, not anymore, yeah, no. Yeah. I, want, I want what's behind the metal door. No, no, no. <laughs> but we have a pen for you because you're famous. Yeah, that, that's what it gets you. There's a, there's a famous, I, I can't remember the name. It's a famous screenwriting text that's like, maybe the art of the screenwriter. And it's just interviews. And I remember Patty Chayefsky says that the desire for fame is fine. If you're young, like when you're young and you're starting out oh. the desire for that fame, because you're, you have so much against you that you kind of have to have this crazy engine inside of you. That's almost kind of megalomaniacal, oh, you know, that's in order great. to get over the hump of it. But once you get in it, because when I name these household names, the reason they're how or, the, or you name the household names are these people that we all know so well. Mm -hmm. The reason we know them is because they're good because of oh, their yes. work. It's not because like the one begets the other. And you're absolutely right. If anybody I feel like and I also feel like the people that I know that are like really, really, really famous, they have weird lives that are like, they can't oh, do normal things. They, oh, you and I know these people yes, intimately. Yes. And the, tra look, uh, the tragedy of my great friend, George Clooney, who I rarely bring up, but other people do, but yeah. his life is compromised. Yeah. He cannot do what he used to do as he was growing up, yeah. as he was coming up the ranks. Right. And I've heard Woody Allen and Neil Simon say, the journey is so much better than the end of the road. Not that we're yeah. at the end of the road now, but right. the coming up. And, and you know what's great is that what you just said is, you said it's fine for your young. No, it's essential yeah. to want, to desire that fame. Yeah. Because those are the gears and the gasoline that make this engine run and give you power to move ahead. 
Yeah. But once you recognize it, which is something I had to do, you know, to 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 semi quote that great line by Peter O'Toole in my favorite year. Um, I, I'm not an actor. I'm I, I'm a movie star. I, I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted yeah. to be famous. Yeah. Uh, and then thank God I had a modicum of talent that could bloom and make me a better actor. Yeah. And I realized, oh, I really want to be a really good actor. In fact, I'm better now than I ever have been. And my castability is so much less because yeah. I'm older. But I am so much better than what I used to be. I Oh, I pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes for years and years. You know, I wasn't. I just wasn't that good. When I look back, I, oh, I cringe. Yeah. I cringe. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm very good at four-camera sitcoms anymore. I'm just, I'm not that good. Uh, in what, for what reason? Like, what specifically do you think you're lacking that you used to have or? Uh, I, look, I do talk loud, but I yeah. used to project. There used yeah. to be an audience there. I would, the last person in the row heard it. Yeah. Okay. They didn't need to. It was all right there. I, I, I worked, I was lucky enough to work with Nick Nolte on a show called Luck. And I called Nick Nolte as a what actor? Because whenever he would talk, you want to go, what? Yeah. I mean, he would just go, and I go, what? Yeah. Like that. So I would have to learn his lines and watch his lips move and sort of hear what he was saying. Yeah. But my God, the microphone, it was right here and caught yeah. everything. Yeah. Me, I, I talk like, look, the microphone's right here. I'm pointing to it right now. Yeah. It's inches away from me, but I talk loud. It's theater training him. I did a movie with Richard Gere, like, uh, like probably like it was 99, 2000, something like that. Uh-huh. And um, there was, we did a scene, we were supposed to be hunting or something. And we were out in the woods and it were, there were four of us and we were sitting on a log or something, but we were sitting in a line and he was on one end of the line and I was at the other end. And we had dialogue back and forth that was kind of, I think I was apologizing for something. And it was, I had to do the same thing where I just had to kind of like get the idea that he had stopped talking because I couldn't right. hear a fucking word he said. Right, right, right. And I was worried. I was like, yeesh, is this going to... And then I saw the dailies and, oh yeah, he's a movie star. It's That's like, right. It's like he wasn't... It's like... Every, he's he, a movie actor. He's yeah, a movie actor. He's just like, shit, oh yeah, there's... And there was, he knew what he was doing. You weren't missing an ounce of anything once you saw it on the screen. Okay. I did a movie with Christopher Walken. Yeah. We're doing a walk and talk. Okay. I'm walking, talking about, you know, doing the dialogue. And there were times when I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, really? That's how you're going to say the line? (laughs) 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 That's your actor's choice, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw it and I go, oh my God. Yep. He's magic. Yep. He's magic. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I am not that man. Yeah. At, At what age did you start to think like you wanted to do to do this? Oh, I was very young and it was my dad's best friend who was supposed to go to law school, got accepted. And he said, try acting because you'll kick yourself when you're 40. Oh. And I, and I was okay, you know. I'm good. I I I was I was all right. And uh, I, like I said, I got better and better. I'm glad yeah. that I did a lot of theater, four and a half years on the Second City stage. That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. The audience the audience tells you, and it's yeah. you know, it's called the, the Harvard of comedy. But it's yep. not just of comedy. It's of uh, of finding out who you are. There are times when you're not getting laughs when you're trying to do the scene. There's a famous story of Paul Sills directing an early, early company of Second City where they had a good scene 
And so they would take that, you know, every night you do an improv, you do a, you, you do that sketch and you try and rewrite write it and you write it and it, it, it uh, escalates and becomes a whole by the time you're mm-hmm. finished. So he goes, uh, great scene, go out tonight, do it again. If you get one laugh, we're cutting it. They do it, no laughs. Do it again, next night. Do it again, if it gets one laugh, we're cutting it. Did this over and over and over. Finally he comes in, okay, we're doing that scene, make it funny. And that's wow. how they got, that's how they got, you know. And so you often go out with the hope that the scene is good and then becomes funny. Yeah, yeah. And all you have to do, are we allowed to curse on this? Yes, of course. Yeah, all you have to do is say, fuck White Castle or Proctologist and you'll get a laugh. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, or you just, it, when you say make it funny, a lot of people just mean, oh, you mean be gigantic. Yeah, you well, know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go and you are on a sitcom. Yes, yes. Yes, and I can't be, even though I am an outsized personality and my voice is loud and I got a big mouth, I try and not be that all the time. In fact, I'm that in real life. And you get me on camera sometimes now, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to talk like Nick Nolte. So that's what I do. Now you went, you went to Northwestern, and that I was did. that was to study theater. Nope, no pre law, pre law. No. But wow. I, but I did, but I did more theater than most theater majors. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was in, I was in a lot of the shows. Yeah. Uh, so no, I was. Uh, my major was communication studies with a minor in history and Russian literature. Wow. There's quite a few, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. Her, and her husband, I think he was- Oh, a, oh uh, absolutely. Brad Hall. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of them. A lot yeah. of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, Steve, uh, Stephen Colbert yeah. went to, went to uh, I wonder, I think he was, a, was he a theater major, I wonder? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know either. I kind of think he was because I think, well, he's been in, he was in Sondheim musicals and his- I think he might have wanted to, you know, he I think he, yeah, I think he probably, if they said, come be in musicals, he probably would, that oh, yes. would be his preferred oh, thing yeah. to do, yeah. Right. Uh, um, Seth Myers and Seth's brother, Josh, were both uh, Northwestern Oh, that's right. People. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's storied. Well, yeah. And when I, before I went, see, my dad's store was in Princeton and I could have gotten into Princeton. Mm-hmm. And my dad and my uncle was a big donor to Dartmouth. He was a graduate of Dartmouth uh, mm-hmm. School and and of, uh, of the law school, and I might have been able to. And I didn't even apply there because I was afraid they would make me go there. Yeah, but because where I always wanted to go was Northwestern, because of Warren Beatty and Anne Margaret and Charlton Heston. Yeah, and, yeah, and and names Paul I could Lind. tell you. That was one too. Yes, Paul Lind. But uh, Tony Roberts yeah. and Penny Fuller, who, who I don't know whether you know, but a magnificent actress. Yeah. Lawrence Pressman. You probably know David Pressman. Uh-huh. Uh, Larry, David's father, Larry. Great actor. Great actor. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, uh, they all went to Northwestern and talk of it so fondly. And uh, I knew who they were when I saw them on stage. Yeah. And I said, I, I, you know, Penny Fuller was an applause, a, a musical called Applause. Larry was in a play called uh, uh, The Man in the Glass Booth. Mm-hmm. So I knew all of these these people and uh, and they were not stars. Yeah. But they were people whose work they I were admired. People you wanted to be like, yeah. Yeah. And as a teenager as, <laughs> as a teenager you were you were amassing information and you were thinking like 
where oh, yeah. the, you know, where you, yeah, you were like, where'd that guy go to college? Where'd oh, she go oh to college? my God. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, and I did want to go to Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't do it because. Pittsburgh. You know, and we're going to get to these things. <laughs> Well, well, especially at that time. But I think we're going to get to these questions, to, to, the, to this answer, when I, I tend to rewrite the biography of my life. Really? At, from, a, from this vantage point. Like yeah. I would say, I want to go to Carnegie Mellon, but I think I've got to get an education first. Did I yeah. say that out loud to myself while I was young? Or am I now making it up and making it part of my life to make right. me seem smarter? I don't know. I think, well, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about because I think it's things like, and this is, I mean, having gone to a lot of therapy too, there's a lot of things that I know, I know that I have known for years that I just never put into words. And then I put it into words and I'm like, yep, that's, you know, right. I might right, not right. have, I might not have been, you know, like aware you might of it. Not, yeah. A- aware of it at the time, but in retrospect, we're justifying it. That's what was happening. Yeah. Right. Now, are we fooling ourselves or mm. did we really feel that way? I don't know. Yeah. You, you're in therapy more than I am. I don't, I don't. Yeah. How do I, you know? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I used to go, I haven't been in years and years yeah. and boy, I think I need it. And I, I'm, I'm, if I give this reference, I'm Mildred Pierce. Do you know Mildred Pierce? I absolutely know Mildred Pierce. Okay, Mildred Pierce just gave and gave to her daughter. I give and give to my kids. And my big fear is I will never work again. I I have it every day, even while I'm working. The minute I get a job, I go, is this my last job? So all my money goes to my kids. And I feel that with the uh, uh, inflated cost of therapy, let it go to my kids. Oh, wow. So Jewy. So Jewy. <laughs> but uh, let them have it. $225, better they should spend it. <laughs> Listen, I feel like my kids, uh, you know, I like to say that because of LA private school, that uh, my beach house is in my children's minds. Like all that <laughs> money is, like I've been paying for somebody to go to college basically. Right, right, Since right. about, oh, I don't know, 2005, you know, I, you know, because just- you know, like I, I seriously, I've been paying for someone to go to like a nice liberal arts college in the middle of Ohio, like a like a, a small Midwestern college for years and years and years and years. I've been absolutely, paying for that. absolutely. So I, I can get a little shrinkage out of it. Let me, yeah. you know, let let, <laughs> yes, let me have that. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I never it. joined a country club. I just go to the shrink. That's my that's my real indulgence. That, yeah. that, 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 that's I understand. I understand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? 
the geographic location of of Northwestern leads you to Second City. So that kind of is a kismet that maybe wouldn't have happened had you gone well, to you Carnegie Mellon. You mentioned the well, if I had gone to Carnegie Mellon, I might be on a, a David Kelly show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What helped me in as far as Northwestern is there was a group that you probably know, Practical Theater Company. Mm-hmm. Heard of them, yeah. Okay. Julia, Brad, Gary Kroger, and Rush Pearson. These people started a theater company, and then I went to school with all of them. I didn't go to school with Julia, but I knew her. Um, they all start, they started a theater company, and they got picked up for SNL. They come to New York. I see them in New York. I go to SNL, I party, everything. They go, why don't you go out to Chicago and open a show for a theater company? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. You know, left January 2nd. We opened in March. And the producer of Second City saw me in the show. It said, come to my office tomorrow. And I was a member of Second City. I didn't set out to be a member of Second City. I thought I was coming home in April. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... Again, I can justify how my, the road to my success, but I didn't. I, you make your own luck. I'm a firm believer in make your own luck. You yeah. make, and, and I never, never, never turn down a job. Yeah. Never. I'm really? going to do, so, I'm going to do some kids YouTube uh, uh, sitcom or some, you know, some YouTube show. <laughs> it's stupid. What am I? Are you kidding? I did this, this, this little, there's this a uh, 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 pilot that this wonderful guy wrote and is really smart and it should be picked up, but I don't turn down work. Yeah. I love it. I just, yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm always late to set. I'm about 10 to 15 minutes late to set, but I am the last person to leave. Yeah. Once I'm there, it's just a party. I don't leave parties. I, yeah, I want yeah. them to go on. Yeah. And I just, I just love it. And so yeah. uh, I, I'll, I'll work anytime. It is fun, you know. And I'm now, you know, now I'm kind of old and, you know, I don't think I'm old, old, but I mean, I've been doing this a while, and I'm kind of right. established. So, which basically to me just means I have the the sort of sense of poise to be able to say no you know like if somebody gives me a note that i just think is wrong or something or you know if, oh, if there's yeah. or like extra you know like extra extra ass kissy kind of shit that they want you to do and i'll just i don't want mm-hmm. i just say no nah, i don't want to do that uh where i wouldn't have in of in course not oh i'll previous, do it in a heartbeat yeah. <laughs> i have the same way as you. I, I, in, in the, the, the same way as you i i will i i come to set with decisions made like yeah you. yeah yeah, and if somebody gives me a note and I don't agree with it, you better have the best reason in the world. Yeah, why you give me that note? And here's the the uh, uh, what's what's the word? The contraposition of that. I love notes. Yeah, I love them. So give me somebody smart to say, oh yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, right, that's right. That's great. That's a great idea. I didn't right. think of that. It's fun to have somebody change your mind, you know, Oh, too. God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm going to tell you something that's sort of astounding. It's a little bit pat on my own back. Not a pilot, not a movie, certainly not a play. But if it's a guest spot that I have to audition for on TV. Yeah. And somebody gives me a direction. I've never lost the role. Wow. Isn't that something? That's great. 
I know, because I like that. And and the way that I act so big, they give me a, a note, I take it to the edge. Yeah, yeah. I, I love doing it. Give it to me. Uh, I'll also, I do voiceovers and I'm sort of, they laugh at me, but give me a line reading. Yeah. I don't think I know what you're talking about. Yep. Give me a line reading. I've I don't care. It. Yeah. And 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 I and I say, "Oh, that's so funny. Why aren't you doing this role?" <laughs> but I, I I take it and I and I do it because I got this voice and I got hired. Yeah. So uh so that, that that that's what I do, but give it to me anytime. What I was saying is that like over these years too, the thing that I have always and I have worked with people who don't seem to be invested in this, but to me it's always like if this isn't fun, what do you, then don't do it. You know, like, oh, right. like working on sets that aren't fun and there, and I've done it a couple times, but I mean, as you go on, you can kind of engineer it so that you're not going to be on sets that aren't fun. And, uh, I just, uh, yeah, you, you, you know what know, I mean? Though. Yeah. yeah. I, well, you don't, you don't know for sure, but you can, uh, you know, I mean, I've had a hunch here and there. And also, too, really? you make your own fun. You know, like, <laughs> well, of course. If, well, you're a joke if everybody's a drag, you got to be in it. You got to be like, all right, come on, folks. We're not going to do right. this. We got to. Oh, yeah. and I sometimes put it upon myself as I'm going to be the entertainer. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. pick this up. Like you um, said, it's a party. It is a party. I, but I will say, and I, this is something that I've said many, many times, my life is an extracurricular activity. Yeah. It's just what it is. We used to go to school for social studies and chemistry and do whatever. And then we went afterwards for the after school because we chose these were electives. Yeah. And this is what we chose to do. And yeah. my life is, is an elect, is an, and I'm, I get paid. Yeah. And I tell my son, I say, and none of my kids interested in this business. I mean, it, they're blessed with not having talent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they're not going to go into it. Yeah. But I say, I pray to God. You choose something that makes you want to go to work. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you'll make money doing it. Yeah. But first and foremost, love getting up in the morning because you got to go. Because I have plenty of friends who just go, who they get worried about work, who they do not like the job they do. Yeah. They, they realize there are rewards and certainly, and if you have kids, a lot of times those jobs are necessities, mm -hmm. but um, I, we're, you and I, we we are the lucky ones. Yeah. And when you get to do what you do on Conan, oh my God! Well, you get and first of all, God bless Conan for recognizing how wonderful you are and Absolutely. never putting the thumb Absolutely. on 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 suppressing how wonderful because I I have known how wonderful you are, but you also know a talent. I don't know whether at the very start or you've developed. When to keep your mouth shut, even though you could win an Academy Award for best <laughs> ad lib. Uh, and you also get to meet these people, see them, hear them, yeah. maybe talk to them backstage. Yep. What a life. Yeah. What a life. I'm good friends with Alan Coulter, who was uh, a Letterman's uh, 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 announcer. Mm -hmm. And God, he's just the stories, the life that he's had, the yeah. wonder of wonders of seeing every year. Uh, Darlene Love sing that Christmas song. Yeah. Just to be there, lies there. I know, I know. And it's getting, it's what, how lucky. How I know, lucky. I know. Well, it's like, there's so many, so many uh, just little stories that are like that. Of Like you, you know, as you sing Darlene Love, like Tony Bennett used to come on our show every Christmas time and sing a song. So it got wow. to be where I would, I, you know, a few times bumped into Tony Bennett 
and was standing on, you know, would stand on Sixth Avenue chatting with Tony Bennett for 15 That's minutes. Cra- I know. I which, know. you know, uh, uh, right. while I'm doing it, it's not so crazy. But then later it's like, that's fucking Tony Bennett. This is and, who I'm yeah, talking to. So, yeah. Somebody, and somebody who is elevated and he's elevated in the world. Yes. May not be, I, I don't know reason. what kind of a mind. Yes, and, but yeah. for good reason, he is elevated. He is the best in a very difficult thing to do singing yes. great yes. Yes. and he's certainly of that genre top five and i know him yeah 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 oh i i agree with you crazy the you know this uh this is known as the three questions and mm-hmm. it's because uh and so they're you know where have you been and and so what what are you what are you looking forward to going forward i mean is it just kind of Keep taking those jobs when they come. Is there anything I, yes, sort of in but particular? With reason, but yeah, but with reason. There, there is reason. Number one, being an actor is playing pretend. When you're three years old, they say you laugh about a hundred times a day. Uh huh. As you grow older, you're lucky if you laugh five times. Yeah. When I'm on set, when I'm doing this stuff, I laugh. I play. I am a child. I am. I'm not childish. I am childlike. Yeah. I am still playing cowboys and Indians. This keeps me young. Yeah. Uh, memorizing lines keeps my mind. Crossword puzzles do. I play games on my computer that I try or find words or, or connect words, letters. To, memorizing lines keeps yeah. me young. Yeah. I'm somebody who really likes to work hard at what I find fun. Acting, the the older I get, and now that I don't do sitcoms and things like that, acting has become more difficult because it's more challenging. Mm-hmm. I now find I love that because I love acting and I love working hard at yeah. what I love to do. Yeah. So looking forward, the reason why I, I, I love golf, I love playing golf. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I will give up golf for really are my children and work. Mm-hmm. So, and so when my kids are finally in school, I hope to move to, I live in New York now. I hope to move to LA for a very hard working retirement. Yeah. Most people go to Arizona for yeah, to yeah. retire and that warm climate of Florida. I have to take the warm climate of LA yeah. and hope that I work and work and work, but yeah, play yeah. golf without, you know, from January, February and March, it's iffy. But I'll be there. It can still play, but it's right. 50 to 60 degrees. You work then. Just that'll be your work. Your work <laughs> okay, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The right. first three months of the year, that's your real, that's what, that's your work year. That is what the future, the future holds for me. And just holding on to health. Yeah. Uh, as best I can. Have you ever been one to like find a project and say, I'm going to produce this or I, you know, champion this kind of book or anything, or are you don't, that's, you're a utility guy. I, I am. And, yeah. and and I'm going to tell you something. My group of, I've never said this to them. And if they're listening, I, I apologize because I love you all. But the group of actors who came a little before me and who I worked with at Second City, very talented. We wait by the phone. Mm-hmm. A generation or two after, Amy Sedaris, Colbert, Carell. Uh, uh, these were uh, um, Steve uh, uh, Danello. Uh, yeah, these were proactive people who went out and created uh, what was that? Not the road. What was the name of that show? 
Exit uh, 57. And and Exit 57. Strangers with Candy. And then Strangers with Candy. Yeah, yeah. They they were proactive. Yeah. They did not wait by the phone. They said their their fame, their hunger, what we were talking about earlier. Right, right. Was, uh, they were wearing it on their sleeve. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but that is not who I am. Mm-hmm. If I had been with them, I think that I might be, mm-hmm. but I'm not that guy. I, I may talk about, oh, wow, I'd really love to produce that. Eh, I'm, I'm lying to myself. Mm-hmm. A, a podcast, would I, love, would I love to? Well, I know I wouldn't be good at podcasts. I talk too much. But you went out and you did a podcast. Uh, I, I, I wish I were more proactive about that. Yeah. I try and teach my kids a little bit. But I'm actually, I'm saying the words, but I'm really not living by example. Yeah. But they know how hard I work. They do know how hard I work. I mean, I appreciate the, your complimentary nature of your comments about my work, but mm-hmm. I feel very much like, you know, I think one of the reasons that I became an improviser over an actor is because, well, A, um, it was a nice compromise between writing and acting. I wanted to write. But I have, ter- you know, the same way that I said I can't read a book, to sit down in front of a blank screen and say, like, okay, now I'm going to fill this up with words and ideas can be paralyzing to me. But if somebody, Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm with someone and says, we're going to do a show about, uh, you know, like a, a gas station run by a vampire, I'm like, all right, well, let, that's something. Let's go. You know, let's Let's start. go. Let, let, let's yeah, get yeah. together and do it. Let's do it. I, 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 need, I need collaboration. I need other people. I can't. Me I too. I don't have, like, this notion of, like, who I am and what I have to say and this, you know, this, there's this fire. Break. I don't have, I, like, I'm kind of sitting here waiting for, some, you don't for somebody to, to react. You know, like, I'm a more of a mm-hmm. reactive person just kind of generally, you know? Me too, and I think it would be good, although I might be a little too heavy-handed with my opinions and know it's got to go this way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Andy Saves the Universe, that was the name of your show? Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who was responsible for that? Well, uh, the, a guy named Victor Fresco created the show. Oh, I love Victor Fresco. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, my God, he's great. He's great. Yeah. He created that. I mean, and we were, you know, we were in it together. I was a writer on the show. I mean, I, I like to say that when people compliment that show, I don't feel embarrassed by taking the compliment because I feel like I contributed enough to the identity of that show, aside from performing in it, but just, sure. you know, producing it. I pr- I helped produce that show. You helped produce that and show. I, and I, you know, and I was... I was firm about it, you know. I mean, there was there were times where there was say like an ending to an episode, and I would say no, th- this we got to come up with something better, you know. Great, great. Where I could assert myself in that way, you know. I'd I'd love. To, I think I'd love to be in that. I don't know whether I'm past my prime with doing something like mm-hmm. that, but I would love it. I would yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I've always, I've been approached so many times with, oh, we've got this idea for a series for you, and and this has something to do with your. The, the the whole of who you are. Mm-hmm. You are likable. You are pleasant. Oh, thank and you. you are, you have a round face that's inviting. <laughs> you are not threatening. They could build a show around, even though you are a character, mm-hmm. around that kind of character. Yeah. I know I am a satellite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the head of the show. I am one of, like I was on Spin City, like I was on everything. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. I would love to just sort of 
you know, be a member of an ensemble. The notion now at this point of like being the star of something, which, I mean, I don't know if there's any, there's a market for that at any rate, but I almost kind of want, I would rather be part of a team rather than be like the notion of being the star or something. I, I have no interest in kind of the things that a lot of people are interested in that sense. Because uh, quite frankly, living with Conan O'Brien over all these many years, there's uh-huh. so much bullshit that he has to do that I would just loathe, like meetings and people he has to know, I and names he I has understand. to memorize. And I just, and I don't know if I could take the pressure of having all of this, you know, I got, I got one family. I don't need 60 of them that get paychecks from me that are my family too, you know? You're right. Yes. So. Oh, I understand. Oh, I always say, like, once again, I'll bring up George, but uh, when Brad Pitt uh, says, yes, I'll do a movie, an industry opens up. That's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's why we don't get the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because we don't have to deal with that pressure and feeding 60 families. Yeah, yeah. We're dancing monkeys on a string. Yep. Do this, yep. we'll give you a little bit of money. Don't come you worry. In, come, and also come in, do your work, go home, and you're done. Yes, and you know, you're clear yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad owned a jewelry store. Yeah. He owned the jewelry store. His, the manager of the store, a guy named Phil Parado, knew more about jewelry, was a very good salesman, was there many more hours than my dad was. And I used to say, Dad, why, why doesn't Phil Parado own the store? You, you're so... He goes, Phil Parado couldn't take this. He doesn't take the store home with him. Yeah, yeah. Every night I take the store home with me. I have to worry. I don't, I don't know. You get paid for that. You do. And I understand. Yeah. What lessons have you learned from your life that aren't specific? Well, like, what do you think you've learned that could be applicable to anybody's life? Like, what, what's, you know, I mean, because we, you know, we've talked a lot of shop here, so... Okay, you know what? Yes, I usually say that the journey is always the most fun. Here's something that I... It's good to not always think you're as smart as you think you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have to keep reminding myself that. Yeah. Uh, And I I think I know everything, and I have to step back and go... And especially when I talk to people who I admire, and usually I have to say this, not just people who are learned people, but I usually think stand-ups are especially smart mm-hmm. or observant or cynical or have a take on the world that I don't have. And I have to, I, I keep wanting to impress them and I should just stand back and say, well, you know, you're not as funny as they are. You're not as witty and you're not as smart. Listen to what they have to say mm-hmm. because they they will entertain you more and they will enhance your life more if you just listen. And I tend to, to talk a lot and I, I really have to catch myself. And that's a lesson that I have learned over time. And yet I still don't, I still talk too much, Yeah, yeah. but I do, I do. It's who I am. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, this oh, I had a great, I had a, a great joy. Time. A great it's time. been great seeing you and, uh, and, and good luck. And I hope to see you, you soon out on I mean, campus. I, I will tell you something about podcasts. There are people I know who I hear interviewed and I hear stories from them. And I go, I've known these people for 25 years. I never knew that about this person. Yeah, yeah. It's a reason why I like doing podcasts like this, because I do know you. Yeah. I can't say I know you intimately. After today, I know you a little more intimately. 
And it's been my pleasure. It sure has. And I hope all you out there liked uh, listening. And we will be back next week with more of the three questions. Bye-bye. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my loves are growing? This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.